There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh. I hope everybody out there is doing well in the world, even though we are entering into chaos. Economically, financially, socially, culturally, politically, it doesn't matter. The closer we get to the midterm elections, the more destabilized the whole world becomes between Russia, China, Ukraine, the European Union, all of Europe in massive financial crises, the United States with a pending financial crisis. We have Dr. Kirk Elliott here with us today to talk to us about what the heck is happening in the world. Kirk, how have we been? I'm doing awesome. How are you, Josh? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I actually got to talk to you the other day on uh, Making Sense of the Madness and American Media Periscope, which was great. But, you know, we didn't really have that much time to talk about what's really happening here. No, we, we didn't. And so we can dive deeper in, in today. But so so last week, um, end of last week, some some new numbers came out, right? Uh, inflation numbers and some, some wage numbers, which are always interesting to see because the inflationary pressures just keep on persisting. And and so the inflation for over the last 30 days is now at 8.3%. So you, but you multiply that times 2.8 to get a true adjustment number and what true inflation really is. So that's putting us in the somewhere 24.5, a year range, right? And in our in our wallets tell us this. Our wallets tell us it's not eight point three percent. Come on, give me a break. Look at look at fuel. Look at energy costs. Look at our cost of heating our home. Look at the groceries. Look at the cost of used cars. Look at the cost of everything. Right? It's nothing is up. Only eight point three percent. So so that went up. But uh, the bigger, more telling number is the cost of food. So food prices went up eleven point. Five percent. So, and and this is starting to get you know when you're sit, hit hitting double digits there, it's uh it's late seventies on steroids, right? And and which was one of the worst economic periods we've had in our country since the Great Depression, because it was an inflationary depression, right? Which is stagflation. So you had not as many people working, business slowdown, but higher prices, which is like the kiss of death for pretty much any politician to try to figure out what's going on and how to fix it, right? But, but that's exactly what we have now. So, so what is all of this impact having on, on real-day life, right? So, so the biggest, the, what we have to kind of look at is, is real estate. Real estate is very, very sensitive to interest rates because um, nobody pays cash for houses. <laughs> they all finance them, right? So, so... I was just looking at a report on Realtor.com, and I love looking at Realtor.com. I mean, I play this game in Denver all the time. Well, I'll pick out like three houses, uh, a couple million dollar house, a million dollar house, and like a $400,000 house, right? And just watch them and just see what happens and how quick they sell. You know, I do that for market research. Well, in, in Denver, as, as you are very familiar with that city, 
You know, three months ago, if you were to actually try to buy a house, you had to do it within 24 hours of it being listed and offer $50,000 more than the asking price, or else it, it wouldn't have been yours. I mean, that's how hot the market was. Well, just how difference interest rates make, and three months later. So three months later, um, houses aren't selling where they're on the market for 90, 120, 140 days, right? Still no sales, and they keep lowering the price like every two weeks. And it's like, this is, this is a dramatic change. And what we have to always remember is we've only seen five rate increases, right? The, the Fed at the end of last, last year said we were going to get eight to ten in a row at minimum. So we're possibly only halfway through this. And this is, this is a problem because we're already seeing real estate just hit, hit the skids. And so, so I was doing some research, Josh, and saying, how much has it hit the skids? Well, over the last 30 days, and these numbers just came out, uh, 14% reduction in new mortgage, new mortgage applications. In the last 30 days, 18% reduction in the number of new refinances, which makes sense because rates are going up. But over the last 12 months, an 83% reduction in the amount of people, you know, filing for, for new um, uh, residential mortgage applications, 83% decline. So this tells me real estate is probably the pin that bursts the bubble of, of other markets, equities, bonds, and, and you name it. So I, was, I did a little bit more research, and it's like where some of the hot spots in the country where real estate has gone up a lot, how much is it down? Well, Austin, Texas was number one. It's down uh, 10%, actually a little over 10% since June. I mean, we're not talking in a year. We're talking housing prices down over 10% since June. And Phoenix down 9.9% since June. Uh, Palm Bay, Florida down 8.9% since June. Denver, Colorado down 8% since June. Across the board, these big cities, we're looking at about a, a, a 9 to 10% decline in housing prices since June. That's in the last 90 days. And so things are, this bubble is, the air isn't being let out slowly. The air is being let out like, all at once, and it's going to be devastating on people's part. <clears throat> well, you're right. I think it is going to be devastating, and I think that people are beginning to to feel that pain, especially for people who are trying to sell a home or buy a home, because this is traditionally where it all starts in the markets. Now, I, I'm looking at the so I, I'm actually moving to Minnesota. And so I'm in this predicament right now where I got to purchase a house and I got to sell my house here. We're looking at about 45 days on the market from the point of listing. We're going to probably list about $50,000 under market value for our house just to get interest in it and hopefully sell above our listing price. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's a crazy market and it's, it's a big concern because of the, the interest rates. I think we're at like 6.8 to 7% interest rates now on average. And mm -hmm. after the Fed's meeting in here in a few weeks, that's probably going to go higher. Well, I'm not a betting man, but if I were, <laughs> I would say because of these inflation numbers that just came out, um, that we're going to get another three, port, three quarter point rate increase um, the first week in November. Because the Fed has to slow down 
inflation. Here's the crazy thing, Josh. Inflation keeps going up. The numbers keep going up, and they've had five rate increases in a row. You'd think it would actually start to help, but it's not because they're printing money like there's no tomorrow. So they're trying to fight a battle that they're creating, and there, there is no solution unless they stop printing money and raise rates. But they're, gonna, they're doing both. So the, I don't see an end in sight. I think they're going to continue stimulus money. They're going to continue printing. They're going to continue to raise rates to try to slow down the inflation that's caused by them printing money. And it's, and it's becoming very, very problematic. And what's even worse is inflation going up 8.3, food prices going up over 11. What's not going up? Well, the stock market's not going up, but wages aren't going up. During that same time frame, wages came down 0.1%. So it's not that wages are even staying static. They're lowering while prices of everything are going through the roof, and that actually amplifies the problem even more. It does. And so we have a few things that are occurring. We have Joe Biden, even though he has countless lawsuits pertaining to his executive order, moving forth with student debt loan relief. Obviously, this is a political move right before the midterms. Um, This is just more radicalized spending that our, our government is doing. And then on the other aspect, you have him releasing um, millions of barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve um, during this time because Saudi Arabia basically came back and gave him the middle finger about increasing production. Well, that's, that's a weird series of events right there. So, so <laughs> Saudi Arabia deciding to cut supply um, was, is going to do what? That's going to cause energy prices to go through the roof. So... Biden knows that, and he petitioned Saudi Arabia to said, hey, hold off on your supply cuts until after the midterms. It's like, what? why are they going to care about our midterms? They don't like you in the first place. But, but the fact that he actually made that statement publicly just shows you how much of a, of a game that this really is. And it's like, all right, hey, Saudi, we know that you hate us, but, but still, do us, do us a solid here and, and don't, don't cut your supply until after the midterms. He doesn't care. I mean, he's totally out of touch. And um, but but what this tells us is that Saudi Arabia has pretty much aligned with Russia, and and it's an attack against Western economic might, um, trying to uh, do economic warfare on us and cause all of our energy prices to go up because they already know that we're having problems with inflation. They already know that we're raising rates to slow down inflation. So how do you increase the price of like everything? by raising oil prices, by cutting supply. Because everything that we have, I don't even care if it's a cotton shirt, has oil in the machines that make it, right? So so the cost of petroleum going up is going to be huge inflationary pressure moving forward. Yeah, and, and then moving into the winter months as well, we know that the EU is in an energy crisis right now. Um, because of what's happening there, what's also happening in Ukraine um, we had uh, the basically Secretary General of the UK military forces in an emergency meeting in Washington, D.C. just yesterday. So we could potentially see this going in historical context towards a war. Um, my thoughts are potentially that the economic crisis that is lays before us, that is pending is going to be exasperated by this winter time frame and potentially could lead to war. We're going to talk about more of that here in just a minute with Dr. Kirk Elliott. 
on more of the Dark Delight Show. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, back from the Dark Delight show. <clears throat> and we are talking with Dr. Kirk Elliott. You know, Kirk, I was just talking there about the, the kind of the geopolitical scenario that is evolving globally with this supply chain crunch, this energy crisis that seems to be getting exasperated as the winter months come into play. Uh, what are your thoughts on how this is going to play out post-election moving into the winter months with everything that's happening economically? What, are, what, what do you foresee in the future? Well, nothing makes people actually more grumpy than, than running out of money, not having food, and not being able to heat or cool their homes, right? But when you're looking at even in, in the Northeast, uh, New England states, they're already talking about rolling blackouts during the winter months. We're talking about entire continents in, in Europe that, that might not have energy because Russia is threatening to, to cut it off, right? I mean, this is, this is some pretty dramatic times that, that we're living in. And outside of just uh, cutting it off, the supply altogether, um, raising the prices, jacking price, energy prices through the roof, 
I mean, I know that, that my energy prices at home, I haven't changed anything. I haven't it's actually gotten cooler as the summer months are waiting, so you'd think my energy bills would be going down. But they're not. They're up like 30%. And it's like, what? I was, I was hoping there was just because it was a really hot summer in Denver, but it's not. <laughs> it's actually going up in the, in the cooling months, and we don't have the heat on yet. So, so imagine most of America, Josh, living at the margin, uh, you know, one to two missed paychecks away from bankruptcy, can't afford food, can't afford to heat their homes during the winter months. Um, I mean, this is this is actually going to be a really, really rough patch because people's incomes aren't going up. As, as we talked about before the break, wages are coming down while inflation is going up. So it's not like they're keeping up. So if they're if all these prices are going up and their wages are coming down, the net result is going to be or the end result, people are going to um, change their spending habits. You know, they're, they're not going to spend as much, which is going to have a dramatic impact on the stock market is people because the stock market is one thing only. It's a function of revenue. It's a function of how many people are buying the stocks, how many people are spending those companies to make their their price to earnings ratio go up. It's like and if nobody's spending, uh, we will see stock market collapse, even Ray Dalio, um, who is, you know, huge, massive uh billionaire, former hedge fund manager, and Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, both last Thursday on the same day, which one makes me wonder if the message was in, in cahoots with each other, both said that, that interest rates going up are going to cause another 20% plus stock market correction. I mean, these are, these are people who live in the stock world. They're saying it's coming down another 20%. Well, 20% off of 30,000 is 24,000, but, but David Stockman, President Reagan's director of the budget, said that, you know, before this all started, we were in for a 50 to 80% correction in the stock market, which would bring it down to the 9 to 12,000 range. So no matter how you look at it, 9, 12, 24, it's a big decline from where it is at 30, and people have their retirement assets, their livelihoods, um, all wrapped up in the stock market, and it is not the place to be right now, not with the fundamentals of this economy moving forward. Well, so I, I remember Jamie Dimon saying that. I knew about Ray Dalio, and, and this is not just them reiterating this. We have Michael Burry. We have tons of other people out there that have been warning about this and seeing this coming. And what they're warning about is really this 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 transference of wealth that is about to happen, that people's money in their 401ks, their IRAs, is about to go bye-bye. And so, yeah. Kirk, this is your expertise. What can people out there do right now to get started, to protect themselves? Well, it's, it's actually kind of easy because there is only one real solution right now, and that is in an inflationary world, you buy tangible assets that aren't debt-based. The best thing that you can buy right now that will go up with inflation would be gold or silver, the precious metals complex. But right now, I would choose silver because there's some big, big reasons why. There's supply chain disruptions. There's low supply. There's high demand. Comex depositories are are poised to run out of, of available inventory within five months. And the, the industrial demand for silver is as high as it's ever been, 
even though we have a globally sluggish economy because the manufacturers have been shut down for two years because of COVID. So now they're, they're playing catch-up. And the industrial demand for silver is 60% of all the global production. That doesn't leave very much left for investors. This is why when you add all of that up, prices on silver are going to go through the roof. And, and the best way to protect yourself in an inflationary world where things go up with inflation is to simply invest in things. Gold and silver are a thing. They're a tangible asset. And they're an asset that people need to go out there and start acquiring. They're things that, you know, we, we've talked about this uh, 80 to 1 ratio between silver and gold. Um, what's going to happen when potentially this market does begin to decline? We have China who announced two weeks ago that they're about to release all their U.S. owned debt bonds back onto the market. We have about six other countries that came about and said the same thing. Japan is no longer buying U.S. debt. Their bond market hasn't moved in like five days. So nobody's even buying, their people aren't even buying Japanese debt. We have the U.S. Treasury coming out talking about a uh, old debt buyback program that's most likely to counteract what we're talking about here with the releasing of these U.S. Treasury bonds back onto the market. But the Treasury, the way they do this is they print new money in order to buy old debt. And so that's creating new debt to buy old debt. That's not good for our economy. And so I'm concerned, and I really want to urge people out there to contact Dr. Kirk Elliott. Go to getgoldtoday.com. Call 720-605-3900 because this is coming to a head. This is this is not going to end well for people with money in the the current financial systems. Now, Kirk, I, I want you to talk a little bit about the, the, the U.S. Treasury and their move here. So, the, yeah, the, the U.S. Treasury is, is boy, they're... They're in a world of hurt because, I mean, so you look at you look at our federal tax revenues, and we're we're bringing in four point something, four point one seven trillion dollars a year, but we spend four point zero six trillion. So there's really, and that's just on entitlements. <laughs> so there's really not much money left at the end of the year to actually run the country, right? You can't run the country on four percent of your revenues. It's insane. When, when everything else goes out toward handouts or entitlements. So therefore, what do they do with taxes? Well, you could raise taxes to think that they're going to create more revenues. That's not going to happen because people are living at the margin. You raise taxes and actually government revenues come down. So what comes next is they're going to have to inflate or die because of what you just said. Other countries dumping U.S. Treasuries, there's no more capital inflow coming into America and this is the beginning stages of what hyperinflation starts to look like. When, when a cu- currency falls out of favor globally, like Venezuela, Argentina, Cyprus, Greece, right? You, you, there's all kinds of modern-day examples of this. Um, they're forced to just print money like there's no tomorrow because the rest of the world no longer wants it. Well, what could entice the rest of the world to want your treasuries? Jack up interest rates, right? Because then... Uh, foreign investors are going to want a, a return for the risk that they're taking, you know, commensurate with the risk. And if we're treating our currency like monopoly money because nobody else wants it anymore and we have to print our way out of it, then you better offer a really, really, really high interest rate to entice more foreign capital. See, this is the, this is the cycle that we're in when countries start dumping U.S. treasuries. It's not just China. Russia already did it. India's doing it. Brazil is doing it. I mean, 
a lot of the BRICS nations are getting rid of U.S. Treasuries. They are going to flood the market, and who's buying them? Somebody's buying them, the Fed. The Fed is forced to buy U.S. Treasuries. Where does the Fed have money? Oh, they don't. They can print it, though, because they have a printing press. See, this is the inflate-or-die scenario that we're starting to just um, – basically, it's almost like normal life at this point for the Fed. Right. And now if you add in Saudi Arabia into this equation, um, which Saudi Arabia is rumored, even confirmed by South Africa, to be joining the BRICS alliance, the Economic Alliance and New Silk Road. Um, when this happens, we're going to see them probably drop the dollars to petrodollars. So this could get really interesting. So I urge everybody out there to contact Dr. Kirk Elliott. Give him a call, 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com. And, and start talking about those 401ks and IRAs with his team. Kirk, thank you so much for joining us today. Hope you have a fantastic day. We'll see you next week here on the Dark Delight Show. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, we are back on the Dark Delight Show. <clears throat> and, uh, yep, that was Dr. Kirk Elliott. And listen, we are headed towards something. Even the experts, the, the, the CEOs of the banks, the, the people in the financial industry that are hedge fund leaders and managers are coming out and saying, uh, you, you better prepare. So just just a, a tip of advice, you, you guys know where to go, getgoldtoday.com. Check that out, please. Uh, and, and talk to Dr. Kirk Elliott and his team. At the, at the least, it's a phone call, and you can get some information, right? So this is interesting. Today, Vladimir Putin came out and declared martial law within the annexed regions of what these, uh, these states are, the former Ukraine, um, and Vladimir Putin is basically giving Ukraine, Kiev, 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 the option to basically just say, hey, look, these are our regions now. They're now Russia. And as long as Ukraine begins to progress into them and try to hold on to them, um, this potentially could be an act of war. And, and the first sign of an act of war in those regions is the de- declaration of martial law. So we have martial law being declared today by Putin. I've been saying for weeks that Putin is most likely going to declare martial or going to declare war on Ukraine um, if they don't give way to what we're seeing. If they don't give way to Russia to take those annexed regions. Now the problem with it is a lot of the energy infrastructure in Ukraine was placed in those eastern regions. Um, in Russia, ever since the bombing of the the Crimea bridge. Um, has been on a firestorm within Ukraine taking out their energy infrastructure. Basically, Ukraine is not doing too well in sen- in the sense of energy right now, and this does affect all the rest of Europe. Um, Zelensky in Ukraine came out just the other day and said that they plan on taking back Crimea and unannexing it from Russia. Now, this is going to escalate massively in the coming days, weeks, and months. I can't see Zelensky giving in to Russia to give up those territories, even though those territories voted with their citizens to leave Ukraine and join Russia. 
So what this means is that we're going to see some type of kinetic event occur within Eastern Europe. Now, this comes at a time when Europe itself is facing a major energy crisis um, due in part to what's happening in Ukraine, as well as the, the diminished supply chain that has occurred over the last few years. Um, they're warning people and prepping people for basically blackouts, for, for freezing blackouts throughout all of Europe because of the energy crisis. Germany has been completely shut off from Russian energy. And see, this is the problem to where NATO nations could look at this as a potential act of war against Europe because of Russia. And this could even call for NATO involvement in this war in Ukraine because of this specifically. We've been saying that this is what NATO has been waiting for is an entry point into this war to stop Russian progression in taking over various aspects of European energy infrastructure. On top of this, we have this Saudi Arabia meeting that we talked about, or the Saudi Arabia dilemma, if you want to call it like that, to the Western nations. Now, the Western nations have been basically dependent upon Saudi Arabian oil since at least the 1950s. Um, the OPEC, who is the managing agent over all the various um, Arab nations' oil, came out and reduced production, About said they're going to reduce production at the end of this month, um, they said this about a week and a half ago. Joe Biden came out there and did a quid pro quo, basically threatened them with removing military uh, um, protections from Saudi Arabia if they didn't increase, keep production increase until after the midterm elections. Now, that's known as quid pro quo. That is an impeachable offense by Joe Biden, but nobody's talking about that. But uh, basically, Saudi Arabia came back and gave him the big old middle finger. And what they did after that is they've joined the BRICS alliance. This is the, the new Silk Road alliance, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, now Saudi Arabia. And uh, they're starting to help, they're starting to work with China to build missile defense technology. Now, this comes as well as because the United States offered protections from Iran against Saudi Arabia. Well, what's interesting is Iran seems to be partnering up militaristically with Russia, who is a primary member within the BRICS nations, of which we can probably see a peace deal being brokered between Russia, uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran through this economic alliance. And that's at least my thought. And you can see Iran even joining this economic alliance here in the coming weeks or months. And so we have a very, very precarious global economic, global social, global political uh, situation evolving. Then today we find that Aragon in Turkey, and this has been one that I've talked about specifically, that Turkey is a massive determining factor in NATO strength within Eastern Europe. That Aragon came out and said that they're going to support Russian oil deposits within Turkey for distribution. Now, this is not a move that NATO is going to like too much or the United Nations is going to like too much, that Western nations are going to like too much. Aragon has been very, very adamant about NATO's uh, progression into uh, this proxy war with Russia. Um, when Sw Sweden and Finland were up for NATO vote, uh, Turkey was the one component that stood between them and basically called Sweden and Finland the, the breeding bed of terrorists within Eastern Europe. Uh, eventually what happened is the United States of America gave them some shiny new F-18 fighters and Turkey uh, decided to go ahead with the vote. But after that, we started seeing rumors and relevance that Turkey was going to join the BRICS economic alliance 
Um, they were threatened by the United States of America, pulled back out of that. But now when they're starting to join forces with Russia in the sense of oil distribution throughout Eastern Europe, we're seeing that this move towards the BRIC alliance is most likely going to happen. And that's with Saudi Arabia joining that, Saudi Arabia as well, considering utilizing the Chinese Wong as a currency for the petro, uh, for the petrodollar, replacing the U.S. dollar. At the same time, multiple different countries, including these BRICS nations, are talking about dropping all their U.S. debt. could be very detrimental for the West and for the United States of America, for the dollar, um, and cause this, this downward spiral and this hyperinflation that uh, we're beginning to see indications of. Now, what this really comes down to is the predicate for global war. Sorry to say, but that's the truth in the matter, is that what we're seeing here right now is preparations for a massive global conflict. Right now, we're seeing the aspects of economic warfare being waged out. We have psychological, economic, we have social warfare all waging throughout the war. And all these countries are basically being thrown against the walls economically and politically and militaristically to the point where they're going to have to fight back at some point in time to just survive. And we see these other nations, the BRICS nations, actually conjoining forces together in a economic alliance, strengthening their economic systems against the West, as well as militaristically coming together in certain collaborations. This is a big threat to the NATO nations, the United Nations, and everybody else, the Western nations predominantly, as well as the Western global order. Now, I'm not worried too much here in the United States of America in the sense of what could happen potentially here in the sense of a war. What I am worried about is the economic impacts that can happen here in the United States of America, especially when you have little kids or a house or you're about to buy a house and you have incomes and jobs and all these types of things. This is a concern. And so with what's happening right now in this global transition, we all have to be concerned about how this is going to affect us in the coming, uh, in the coming future. Now, if you go pre-World War I or pre-World War II, you see the same type of, of global kind of uh, situations occurring in the sense where there's energy crisis, there's supply chain crisis, that you know people are talking about new alliances, that people are joining new alliances. We had the League of Nations that came up after the First World War. We had you know massive sanctions on Germany right after the First World War, which caused them to basically get in, involved in the Second World War or produce the Second World War. Um, we came out of the Great Depression right after the Second World War with a certain financial bills that came out with FDR, which basically enslaved us financially. I'll tell, I'll tell you guys about that story one of these days. I'm writing a blog article right now on lawful money, so this is going to be very interesting to see where that goes. But when we start looking at the historical context here is that all the indicators, the red flag indicators of global war are there. And I don't mean to be a warmonger. I don't want war. I don't I don't want to talk about these types of things, but this is just what we're seeing. This is what we're observing. This is the indications that we're getting through the movement of the global pawns and chess pieces. And then if you add China into the scenario, you start to see that there is a massive potential for global conflict because of Taiwan specifically. We talked about this yesterday a little bit of how Joe Biden's executive order basically removed all American uh, workers from Chinese manufacturing almost overnight in the sense of the production of Chinese microchips, um, bringing their manufacturing power down to zero 
China has basically got their back against the wall for sustainability within their economic um, growth, as well as in the sense of their economy, which potentially could collapse because of this lack of chip shortage that is going to be coming to China in the near future. You know, they're one of the manufacturing powerhouses in the world, and they're dependent upon those microchips for that production. And if they don't have that, well, then they're going to lose their income. And this is financial war that is being waged on them. And it is funny that it came from specifically Joe Biden. So <clears throat> one option that China has is to take over another nation that leads the world in chip manufacturing. And that would be Taiwan. Now, we had the leaked audio from Lube Media and Jennifer Zhang many months ago where the Chinese generals were talking about preparations for invasion of the island of Taiwan and how they would do that with DF-42 type of missiles to take out U.S. naval blockades and then entering in through the incursions that they've already made within the Taiwanese political systems and having the military stand down to where basically the coup over Taiwan happens instantly and very, very easily with very no, uh, very little or no resistance. If China t controls the Taiwanese Straits as well as 72% of the global chip manufacturing, the Western nations are done. There is no war that needs to be had because economically they are screwed. And that's where we're headed to right now. We're headed to pushing China towards that situation where this begins to evolve like that, which will ultimately lead to world war. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Dark Light Show right after this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. 
You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. Good deal. All right, we are back with the Dark Delight show. And, yeah, where is this heading? Well, China right now has got their backs against the wall. And as this progresses forward, what we're going to see is we're going to see the world basically move towards a point of conflict. Because, you know, when when economically, socially, and, and all these things begin to destabilize, that uh, countries are having massive energy problems. When countries can't get the raw materials to build the supplies and their economy begins to decline, then hyperinflation starts to take hold. There's only one thing to do, and historically we see this, and that's enter into a war because that war effort begins to reset the economic turmoil that has been perpetuated on beforehand. This is why economic warfare always comes before actual kinetic global warfare. And so the the war effort usually pulls that country out of that depression or that recession and then basically provides a structure to rebuild its its economic prowess. Um, there's a lot of scenarios that can play out here. We have the midterm elections coming up November 8th. Now, yesterday, Igor Deshenko for the John Durham trial was acquitted of all tri- tri- uh, charges. This was surprising to many, to a lot. A lot of people were discouraged by this. I look at it as that John Durham is building a bigger case for bigger fish. That he is setting the legal precedent through these different cases, the Sussman and the the Shenko trial, um, by introducing evidence legally um, against the the bigger fish that were at play here. Well, the problem with that is these people, these bigger fish, are part of what we can call the, the American or the uh, the U.S. deep state. These people are members of Joe Biden's shadow government that control everything that's happening from behind the scenes. And there's no way that they will go down. There's no way that they'll ever give up power. And moving into November 8th, it's looking right now incredibly good for Republicans. Even uh, many liberal polling stations are beginning the report that conservatives, American first candidates, are most likely going to take the Senate, as well as, it's almost guaranteed, the House. Now, here's the problem. Is the Democrats, the radical liberals, the deep state, they can't allow that to happen. And so, what are the various scenarios that they will do before that time frame to make sure that that doesn't happen? Well, they can cancel the election. How do you cancel the election? Well, if there's a global war that breaks out, if there's some type of global cataclysm, nuclear event, whatever it might be, that can give the president the special ability to basically suspend habeas corpus, suspend the Constitution, and do whatever he wants and suspend elections. Now, I know that's a scary scenario. I know that's like probably one of the worst scenarios that could potentially happen, but it's a good possibility because these people cannot lose power. These people cannot give up power because, as Hillary Clinton said in 2016, if this man wins, we will all hang. And I think that they're correct because the investigation into their crimes, their treason, their sedition will be had by these American first candidates. They're not going to sit back and just allow this corruption to continue within Washington, D.C. 
So as we move forth towards November 8th, we're looking at a very precarious situation developing economically, politically, and militaristically globally. And that all of this is coming to some type of precipice, some type of apex, some type of head to where something needs to happen in the sense of a major global event. I think that we've all been waiting for this black swan event to happen at some point. Many believe that it's going to be the economic collapse that is going to wage the war afterwards. I think it's going to be a declaration of war or some type of invasion, either Iran and Israel we're going to have China in the Taiwan, North Korea and the South Korea, Russia declaring full-out war on Ukraine, um, and even having bleed over into NATO nations. Something of that nature is going to come about, which is going to be guessed the, uh, the economic decline globally and really destabilize the global economy, causing it to collapse and causing the people of the world to basically fall into a certain level of poverty to where going and supporting the war effort becomes the only choice and the only decision. And we've seen this before. That was, that was World War II. That was the Great Depression. And so we see this whole scenario coming out again. And it, I mean, this makes sense when you start going to uh, the fourth turning, the book Generations, where they talk about the 90-year cycle. We are in that 90-year cycle. But then on top of that is we have these killer, vaccine, or these killer uh, vaccines and these killer viruses that are being developed through gain-of-function research. You know, I... What what would it what would it take to, to just have one of these globalists you know hire someone to release a vial into a public food market, producing another global pandemic? That's a very good possibility as well. At the same time that these wars are getting ready to wage on, these people are eugenicists. They want to depopulate the world, but they also want to secure all the wealth of the world for themselves as well as all the power. And so when we look at these scenarios and how they unfold, we have to take into all these variables into action. And we have to take all these variables and determine what the next, the next sequence of events are potentially going to be. Um, any of these events that come about, there's only one that I actually see that's beneficial for us Americans. And that's the American first candidates winning the House and the Senate, no intervention from the radical, radical liberals, and them actually taking their positions in January to where we have the supermajority within the Senate and the House. And they begin investigations into Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, James Biden, into the 2020 stolen election, the 2016. They give John Durham some more power or whatever, or bring those investigations directly in-house into the Congress. And they begin dismantling the FBI and researching into the FBI collusion and treason that we saw within 2016 to 2020. <clears throat> now, that's the best case scenario that we can see playing out right now. And, and there's a very good possibility that that will actually happen if these radical liberals allow it to happen, if they don't interfere with our elections again, if they don't try to steal the elections again, if they don't treat, commit treason or this coup d'etat, if they don't go to global war, if they don't collapse the economy, these are various scenarios that can happen. But the problem that I see with this situation is that is the best case scenario that can happen for us here in the United States of America. But I can tell you about 10 various different scenarios of bad things that could potentially happen that are not good for us. And so the, the bad scenarios outweigh the good scenarios. And in the sense of probability, there's a higher probabilistic chance that this election is going to go negative towards what we want it to go. Either it's not going to happen, Republicans are going to lose miserably, Republicans are going to lose one or two of the houses, um, 
they're gonna, the Democrats are going to cheat, or the Democrats are going to blame cheating on Republicans, or something of this nature. You got to remember that the stability of the radical liberals, the, the power base that they have, is dependent upon this election. Joe Biden and Kami Kamala Harris will be out of a job in January if American First candidates come in. The Democrat Party as we know it will most likely die off and end because of American First candidates who win in November. So there's a lot at stake here. This is a global war of, this is a global game of of world domination. We have the Western allied forces producing their techno-fascist, totalitarian, oligarchical controlled new world order versus the BRICS nations, the other nations that no longer want to see this world moving towards Western globalism, standing up and fighting against them. And we're seeing economic warfare, psychological, social warfare, and eventually kinetic warfare. All right, my name is Josh. This is the Dark Delight Show. We're going to talk to you tomorrow with another episode. You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you.